0: hey it's aldwin and i'm jason this is the ready play tennis podcast new balls please we put our shit together so that we can entertain to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, <laughs> come back to life, Dick Ember. <laughs> you know where we're going with this, right? <laughs> I think I feel
1: like it's another ass comment, but
0: Jason, J- Jason just called you on your bluff, and you you came back and you called us an albatross. I don't know what that is.
1: Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time.
0: Ready? Play.
1: Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Episode 82. Cray. Cray cray. <laughs> ready play cray cray.
0: Ready play cray cray. We should put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I like that.
1: Look at us creating uh, merch on the fly. Uh, ready uh, Patreon.com. Slash <laughs> Ready Play Tennis Podcast. If you want to support us, thanks for those who are doing so, mm-hmm. and uh, thanks to everyone who has started following us and all of our discover. Disc, I like to call them discoverer downloaders.
0: Yeah, I mean the engagement is way is way more involved. Like we get more DMs into our IG, less so on our Facebook. I think IG is our kind of vehicle for communicating with people that listen to us. So mm-hmm. yeah, thanks. Thanks, and keep those messages rolling in, even the not-so-clean ones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, please um, don't ask us if we are <laughs> cut or uncut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll ask us, but, you know, you may not get a response right away. Just make yeah. sure... Buy us a, a drink first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> buy us a, buy a t-shirt and we'll uh, we'll consider <laughs> we'll consider answering that.
0: Oh, it's funny.
1: Okay. Yeah. So people, uh, many people, our followers, are looking for answers to one question, and that is where is Peng
0: Shui? Girl, hashtag where is Peng Shui?
1: let's get that trending everybody you've seen Aldwyn's posts this week about this very concerning issue Um, I'm going to throw it to you because I know you've been uh, following it a bit more I did see the story come out last week that she had made a statement but Mm -hmm. sort of devolved from there unfortunately
0: yeah same Um, for starters I just want to say for the record those of you that know Jay and I know that Um, especially with our tennis playing, I modeled my game after Pung, hitting two hands on both sides. So she's truly my tennis spirit animal. And since Jay and I have started the podcast, we have desperately tried to find Pung on IG. Like maybe she was under an alias, but you would figure a player of her profile would have a pretty active social platform, but she was nowhere to be found. That plus the fact that she really hasn't played any professional tennis since the beginning of the pandemic made us wonder, like, where in the world is she? So here's our entry point. Yesterday, I'm just, you know, cleaning my house, getting ready for Monday's work. And I get this notification on my phone. Chris Everett's reply to a Twitter to a tweet came up. And lo and behold, first of all, the tweet that Chris Everett replied to was none other than our wonderful amazing TLGTA girlfriend that lives in Mo- Montreal Michelle Jabour Hi Michelle how are you girl
1: No relation no relation to Anz. <laughs>
0: Although I'm sure she really hoped that she was related to Ons. Yeah And um Michelle kind of has is this guy that's really into the WTA really into all of the player stories and he kind of sent a tweet as a uh, like a call to arms to all like the high profile legends of women's tennis asking the question, where is Peng Shui? What, what do you legends think about the situation? And so Chris replied, mm-hmm. Chris Everett, by the way.
1: Yeah. So he said, um, all the tennis fans all around the world are waiting for you to speak up. Uh, and he tagged Billie Jean King, Martina, Chrissy and the WTA and chris replied to his tweet and said yes these accusations are very disturbing i've known Pung since she was 14 we should all be concerned this is serious where is she is she safe any information would be appreciated and she used the prayer emoji
0: like the two hands praying correct gotcha so this is super concerning because A. Peng Shui is missing. We don't know where she is. And the reason why she's missing is because, well, let's take it back to November 2nd. So apparently in China, there is a very um, popular social platform called Weibo. And when I checked Weibo out, it kind of looked like an IG where you could post pictures, you could make comments, you could post stories, that kind of thing. And she released a post on November 2nd kind of detailing this extramarital affair she had with this former Chinese vice premier named Zhang Gaoli. And, you know, in it, she had mentioned that she was kind of in this, um, extramarital relationship with him on and off for two to three years. And that one day, two to three years ago, kind of at the end of this extramarital relationship, he invited her to play tennis and, you know, she alleges that that day he had sexually abused her. So she did not consent to that particular um, situation, to that particular time. And since she posted this on Weibo on November 2nd, no one has heard a damn peep from this former number one doubles player, which is so concerning because, I mean, let's just be honest here. You know, China has a bit of a reputation, especially when it comes to social media and platforms and freedom of speech and freedom of press, of suppressing certain outlets. And funny enough, after she posted this, not only was her comment taken down off of Weibo, but comments were completely disabled. And according to the New York Times article on which a lot of this information we're drawing from, um, searches for Peng Shui were blocked. Searches for te- the word tennis was block were blocked. So you know the New York Times is a fairly credible news source kind of like you know um, what you would consider in the United States to be you know the leading um, journalistic newspaper and so all of this is concerning we don't know where she is like where is Pung and her double-handed forehand and backhand on both sides
1: yeah yeah it is concerning obviously um from the article I'm reading, which is actually a different article from um, <clears throat> the one you shared and I couldn't access for some reason because I'm mm. not a subscriber to the New York Times. <laughs> uh, I couldn't get through the paywall. Uh, the tweet was, or the the message on Weibo or Weibo was deleted within 30 minutes Yeah, of being posted. And like you said, that was, I think, November 4th or 3rd. And yeah, she hasn't been heard from uh, since that post so that is concerning and now the wta um ceo steve simon is is calling upon china to investigate this Mm -hmm. that's a little bit concerning there's a little bit i think of a political dance that's obviously happening here the wta is obviously very invested In China, there's many tournaments. Unfortunately, a lot of those events had to be canceled. Yes. So that's why they have to do this, make a statement like this, I think, to say, China, please investigate this. Although China seems to be responsible for all of the things that you talked about in terms of removal of the Mm. message and the censorship of other messages and sort of hiding of information related to searches to Peng Shui. So it's a bit... Um, overall very concerning and um, yeah it's just hard to see China or the Chinese government really doing anything about this because the allegation is against a Chinese government official
0: hmm you know and I think an important angle to the story is that she made this post on November, November 2nd and you figure that our good friend Michelle who is, again, really into following these players and their stories, especially the, on the WTA side, not really a lot had been said about the Peng Shui story, didn't gain a lot of traction. I think within China, in the New York Times article, I read that a lot of Chinese feminist groups knew that it would eventually kind of try, the story would try to get buried. And so they started projecting the hashtag where is Peng Shui on edifices of buildings, which is like, you know, their way of kind of keeping the hashtag going, keeping the, the story ongoing. And, you know, Michelle in his, doing his part was like, okay, Chris Everett, Martina, Billie Jean King, all you legends of women's tennis, what do you have to say? And, you know, what what more, like what a powerful tool to use in terms of social media to kind of get that out there. It certainly got our attention, but I mean, it took the WTA, and also, um, you know, Chris Everett, over a week, eight, nine days to make a comment about the situation. And again, you said, the political dance can get a bit dicey, no one wants to offend or step on anyone's toes. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is that a player is (laughs) missing. And people got to do something about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing this tweet here from Free Chinese Feminists account at feminist china mm-hmm. Peng shui has vanished from the public eye ever since she came forward and made her claims chinese feminists and hashtag me Too activists are deeply concerned about her safety hashtag where is Peng shui
0: yeah so let's keep that hashtag going like we i believe another thing that to add to this story is that after steve simon who's the wta chair and executive requested for a full, fair, and transparent investigation, they had received, and by they, I mean the WTA, had received information from Chinese sources, including the Chinese Tennis Association, that Peng was, quote-unquote, safe and not under any physical threat. Okay, picture, please. Give us some evidence, yeah. Girl, give us some evidence. Have her hold a newspaper up. Like, come on now. Like, you know, we're just just not going to take your word for it. Like, we want to know that she's actually safe. So please do that.
1: Yeah. It is very concerning. You know, hopefully she's just in hiding somewhere after having sent this message and just wanted to sort of hunker down and knew that there was going to be some fallout and knew that there was going to be Chinese uh, censorship of all of this stuff and maybe she's hiding out. But, yeah, we would like to see you. Uh, yeah. We would obviously, you know, it's premature to even ask for you to come back to the tennis court because we would like to you to come back uh visibly and (laughs) to see you (laughs) to see a picture of you um and we hope that you're safe and we will continue to put the word out there and we have no uh, ability to pressure the chinese government we have no influence (laughs) but anybody who does and these big name players like billy jean and martina and chrissy and anyone else who alizé cornet yeah anyone else who Michelle Jabour can tag in 280 characters or less, please do so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many tools at our disposal and all of this upswell of support and concern just goes to show you how much um, love there is for this player. Like we Mm -hmm. all love Punk. So we hope for her safe return.
1: Agreed. I still remember her in that match. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wozniaki. <laughs> against Wozniaki. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for her.
0: She's a she's an excellent player. I mean, there's yeah. there's not a lot you can do being two handed on both sides, but she just proved all those bitches wrong.
1: Yeah. So where is Peng Shui? Let's keep that hashtag going and uh, let's find this girl. Yes. Okay, it's hard to move on from that, but we, we shall try. <laughs> uh we wanted to talk about Allison Risk.
0: Oh, we did. <laughs> Before we okay, move no, we on did. to
1: the world, uh, the WTA Finals in Guadalajara.
0: Exactly. I mean, let's just kind of frame this conversation by saying that there is so much tennis going on. I don't know whether you realized it, but there are literally seven million tournaments going on right now, plus seven million different tennis-related stories, one of which we just covered. Unfortunately, Lin's in a normal year would be kind of a highlight tournament on a regular episode, Mm -hmm. but because of the WTA finals being moved and the next-gen finals taking place, the beginning of the ATP finals in Turin, you know, cute little Allison Risk, very quirky game, um, devastatingly loud grunt, ends up winning her third tournament, and You know, Linz was a pretty packed draw. You had Halep in there. You had Collins in there. You had a bunch of people in there. And, you know, Alison Risk, who really didn't have a spectacular 2021, she kind of warmed up toward the end of it. She made a final and lost to Paolini, the the up-and-coming Italian player. Um, But here she is coming away with a third title. I'm so over the moon for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sort of struggled early on. I think she was injured um, and off for a bit of this sort of pandemic year. But um, yeah, it's nice to see her return. She's another player who's two hands on both sides, no?
0: No. She's not? Just unorthodox. Her gotcha. her, her stroke production is quite unorthodox. But she hits flat and she hits hard and she lets you all have it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I remember watching her run in the Wimbledon quarterfinals. I was like, her game is so interesting. And she played Serena, I she think, did. and she took her to three sets. She right? did take so, her to three sets. Yeah. So she yeah, she's got game and it's nice to sort of see her back and another American among the mix of many, you know, American women. She beat Daniel Collins, uh what, in the semifinal semifinal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, it's cool to see another one back another
0: lady uh, to continue our theme of trophies for 2021 (laughs) she could have been gifted with a better trophy I mean Jay and I were talking a little bit about what it looked like what that trophy looked like I mean you can all imagine what our pre-show conversations sound like as we're preparing for the episode (laughs) but I mean 100% one of the themes is like what did they think when they created that trophy for her Mm -hmm. I mean, shop class, grade eight, realness.
1: (laughs) Hashtag, hashtag basic.
0: (laughs) Hashtag basic. It's so basic that on the trophy, it says you are the winner, like winner.
1: It says winner singles. (laughs) It's kind of, I mean, our GLTA tournament trophies say that, like our Montreal tournament says runner up, but en (laughs) français.
0: Yeah, but then again, we don't win a damn dime. When yeah. you play in the GLTA, so... <laughs>
1: I mean, she looks very happy to have won it. But, you know, as I'm looking at this trophy, uh, I think of her as the creator of the trophy, <laughs> presenting it to, you know, her teacher, or professor in shop class saying, isn't this great? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know the edges are, like, not smoothed down. They're a bit raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She could poke her eye or something. <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, we don't mean to make fun of your accomplishment. We're just making fun of the reward that you receive for the accomplishment. Obviously, the, um, the payday is, is the most important thing.
0: But <laughs> Absolutely. Congrats, Ali. We love you.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so on to the WTA finals in Guadalajara. Girl, The J is silent. It's Guadalajara. I know. <laughs> okay. Um Gwarl. What have you enjoyed thus far? I have to admit, I've sort of been off and on with some of the matches. So I'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the ones that I've seen, uh, but want to get your take, because I feel like you've been a bit more immersed in the finals.
0: I have 100% been way more immersed in this WTA finals, I not for interest sake but just because of everything that's going on it seems to be catching my attention the most gotta give uh hats off to the organizers of the draw party i guess you would call it the draw party right um wta finals tradition the women wear stunning gorgeous dresses at the opening gala night they take a picture with the um wta finals trophy doubles and singles um, all of you that follow our IG know that I did a little toot and boot situation <laughs> on <laughs> the dresses. Um, y'all were really harsh with Barbara, but
1: obviously it was ob- ridiculous. Like she's a 16 year old going to like <laughs> the prom or something. It was terrible. Like what was that thing off the off like the the right arm? It was like peak of shoulder and like a, <laughs> oh
0: what was that what was that i mean listen barbora we love you for your tennis but someone you need to hire a stylist sweetie like send us drop we're going to send you an email and you're going to invite us to your next tournament we'll style you for the opening gala okay like just
1: go shopping with mugu uh,
0: there you go there you go i don't know yeah. that they would really go shopping together no. but it's fine yeah um anyway hats off to the organizers i thought the gala night was gorgeous the photo in front of the um Church was stunning and beautiful. All of the IG stories were just fabulous with like the cocktails flowing and the girls chatting. It was really, really nice. So yay for that. Now, when it comes to the tennis. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Can we just set it up for a second? So there are two groups. Remember when you said on last week's episode, like, girls, what are the groups? Let us know. Is it going to be like group Steffi Graf? Or is it going to be group like Martina Navratilova? Well, Go- we had recorded
1: like, yeah, it was like the a day and a half before the tournament was to start. It's like, why don't we know what the groups are yet?
0: Yeah, like, why the suspense? Yeah. Why the suspense? Please do not come for me in the pronunciation of these group names. I'm assuming that they're cities or are they like ancient civilizations in Mexico? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't I, even know. I am I am going to plead complete ignorance here. Good um, that's a safe bet. Could, yeah, you do that. Go <laughs> go go with that. So, you know, to set the stage for the WTA finals, we had two groups, group Tenochtitlan. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the player that shall remain nameless, I almost said her name right there, mm-hmm. Mugu, Pliskova, Kurjikova. okay? The other group, group Chichen Itza, I've heard of this before, I do believe it's a city. Right. Okay? Don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> Bedosa, Sakari, Sabalenka, Sviantek. Question for you. Mm-hmm. Although you've only watched a couple of matches, did you have a feeling for a player going in? Like, what was your tennis radar saying to you as the tournament started? I mean, I
1: think we kind of talked about it last week, and it's kind of come true in that the players who were in form going into this event had the best shot. Yeah the you know arena sabalenka's for example haven't gone in playing so well like the last time we saw her really was the u.s open semi-final where yes. she lost to our girl Layla. yes and then she got covid so she had to dump out of indian wells and yes and then the other players who are in their you know uh Kojikova hasn't necessarily been playing very well. Sakari's been playing decent. Mm. Mugu Mugu has struggled. Um, and the player that shall not be named and <laughs> Badosa have been topping everything. So that's why they're just continuing that form into this event.
0: Yeah, I, I, that is the perfect synopsis, I would say. I mean, Badosa came into this being the Indian Wells champion. Seated number eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we did say on last week's episode that the last... Number six? Seven. Oh, seven. Yeah, the player that
1: shall not be named is eight.
0: Right, 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 right. Because she qualified on that last last. tournament. Right. So we said this on last week's episode, seeds number five through eight for us were were going to be more engaging, and we were not wrong about that. I mean, Bedosa went into her group and said, hmm, okay, so Indian Wells champ, I don't care who's in my group, I'm going to dust you all. And she basically did that. The only time that she did not dust a player was today on her birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay. She probably got that birthday sex from her husband. <laughs> Is it <there> her husband?
1: <laughs> I think it's uh, just her boyfriend.
0: Her boyfriend. Her Cuban
1: boyfriend, yeah.
0: Can you blame her for having birthday sex and losing to Iga Swiatek? <laughs> Fine. You know yeah. she had already qualified for the semifinal, but Bedosa looked as sharp as she did when she was in at Indian Wells. Babe, babe, mm-hmm. the player that shall remain nameless, Pliskova, love and four, goodbye. <laughs> okay. Was it
1: four and love? Because I thought Pliskova lost. She got double bagel twice. Uh, oh yeah. In sort of consecutively in two matches.
0: Yeah. Oh, Becca just messaged us. Hi, Becca. Oh, she did? <laughs> she did. Sorry, this is just like hot off the press. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rebecca Marino, that's who we, we call her, Becca. And most <laughs> most of you probably call her that, but uh, that's nice. Well, what did she say while we talk about the WTA final? Did she uh, say she's going to be there next year?
0: Well, no, we said um, we she had posted a story on IG with these beautiful waves in Vancouver, just, you know, blustery winds and all of that stuff. And I said that we wanted to visit and she just sent a little heart. So oh. we're going to come <laughs> next year.
1: That's uh, a formal invitation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, delusion is part of our brand, right? So yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, anyway, going back to the player that shall remain nameless for love, lover for she just demolished her. Okay. And then Krijikova, um, probably crying and distressed about all of the negative uh, press she got from that dress the, the day before, (laughs) uh, was just kind of out of sorts. And you know, the player that shall remain nameless took that three and four, something like that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Why, why do the tennis gods say to us all year long, you've said that Mugu's gonna win. You jinx her ass every single episode, every single Grand Slam preview, every single Masters Tournament preview, Mugu's the one, Mugu's the one. Oh, she looks real good. (laughs) She's the one, she's the one. And then she loses, okay? The day, the day that I say, I am not going to choose Mugu for this tournament (laughs) is the day, of course, that she beats the player that shall remain nameless. Yeah. I mean, I just, it has to work out that way. So I don't know what your feel is, Jay, but like Mugu, I think, has something to prove. And she went into that match against the Estonian, being like, "Uh, 12 match win streak, babe. It's going to stop right here. (laughs) What was the score in that match? It was four and.
1: For oh, okay, she took it in straight sets.
0: Yeah, she took it in straight sets. So, so I think there.
1: Okay, so I watched um, the Bedosa Sviattek match today. Okay, I think there's a bit of a strategy mm. in that, uh, and I don't know. I didn't watch the Mugu player that shall not be named match, <laughs> so I don't know if if player that shall not be named had the same strategy. Okay, but. I think, you know, you play to win as much as you can, but once you've already qualified for the semifinals, Ah. you got to keep some gas in the tank. (laughs) And Ah. I sensed, you know, Bedosa had lost the first set. She was up actually Mm 3-1 in the second set against Iga. And that Third game of the second set literally took... It was kind of like our doubles match on the weekend (laughs) and your service game. was like 12 deuces. (laughs) Uh, 12
0: deuces and 24 double faults. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like Iga had seven break points and she didn't convert on any of them. And Bedosa finally won the game. But I think she was like looking at her camp and like saying, <laughs> oh. I really need to reserve some energy and I don't want to go into a third set. So, you know, I'm going to play this match out, but I'm going to try and make sure I don't make it to a third set.
0: I, I, I absolutely feel that the narrative that I had in my head was the morning of the match, she woke up next to her devastatingly gorgeous Cuban boyfriend and she's like, oh, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. I'm late for my practice. <laughs> First of all, why does she sound like that? I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, she she puts on her silk robe and she's like, uh, get me to the practice courts because, you know, obviously she just got slammed the whole night and she's just having a great time um, because it's her birthday and she right. deserves that. she had
1: drinks. <laughs> slammed with drinks because she had too many drinks
0: sure um, <laughs> and uh, she gets on the court and she's like listen I want to win this match it's really not going my way it's my birthday I got the best and biggest birthday present I could ever get <laughs> let's just phone it in because I'm already in that semi-final spot is yeah, what I'm I- thinking
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel like she necessarily phoned it in. I think she had a moment where she's like, I need to cut out of this after the start of the second set, especially after that third game where it went like 15 minutes. She was like, I don't know if I want to play a third set. I actually fast forwarded through it and the match was over. (laughs) Because I was like, I'm more interested in the match that's happening tonight that I can't seem to find Mm. on tsn and wta tv still has not responded to my complaint about why i can't access our account
0: get your ish together wta tv like what the f there are Mm -hmm. there are viewers and subscribers all over the world that want to watch that think think about how terrible that is for the brand you want to grow your following of tennis wta subscribers and fans how can we do that if we can't watch the tennis like that's just not right
1: yeah and the fact that we have you know tens of people listening to our show <laughs> who are hearing us complain about you does that does not bode well for you to get five or six new subscribers
0: oh my gosh i mean like you're like you're hurting for just subscribers right now <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay so we digress a little bit yeah uh but it is nice to see you know those players who are in form Coming through and now making yes. it to the semifinals. So now we have two semi, well, three semifinalists set: Badosa
0: against Mugu,
1: against Mugu, and player that shall not be named will compete either against Sakari or Sabalenka. Mm. And I know you and I have a little bit of a disagreement against about sort of Sabalenka and her last match Ooh, against yeah. Iga. Uh, yeah. I I appreciated her. Um, getting the crowd into the match and getting them behind her. Obviously, she's she she sometimes struggles in the big moments. Hmm. Um, her serve can go awry. She can double fault in bunches. Um, it seemed like Pliskova and Krajikova were also having that same issue <laughs> in, in their match. Uh, but I felt like um, during her match, I was rooting for her a bit more, and I appreciated her engaging the crowd, but I think you had a different opinion about that.
0: I I kind of place Arena in a category of like n- what category do I place her in? <laughs> well, I mean, my my reaction right now kind of tells you where I place her. I'm like neither here nor there for her. When you when you explain it in that way, I do agree that she needs to amp up the crowd a bit more in her favor. So I appreciate that she did that in her last match against Fiontech. But then it gets a bit hokey and a bit, like, kind of corny when you're doing it after every winner. It's like, babe, save it for the spectacular points. Like... <laughs> I just felt like, I mean, listen, if she needed to do that for her to get herself back into contention for these WTA finals, then good on you. That's your strategy. That's what you needed to do. But as a spectator, it felt a bit inauthentic for mm-hmm. me. And like, I don't resonate with inauthenticity. You gotcha. know what I mean? Ons is my girl. Authentic. Annette's my girl. Oh my gosh. Oh my what? God, my gosh.
1: You didn't say her full name.
0: I didn't. And I only said a- a- anus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm sorry. Anyway, whatever. So, you know, I, girl, I, lo- I like you, Arena. Um, I just felt a bit kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Affected. Everything gotcha. felt like very affected that night. So, okay. Sure. Yeah, I th- I felt like she
1: needed, she knew she needed some help and she decided I'm just going to dive into this, you know, raising my arms and like trying to get the crowd into it. And mm-hmm. it, it worked out for her. So I appreciate her trying something new. I don't, you don't really see a lot of that from her. Yeah. And she admitted uh, in the post-match interview that. She loved the atmosphere, and she felt like it really helped bring her through. So I don't know. I I sometimes she, um, it's hard to sort of engage with her or or want to support her. So I kind of I don't know. I dug that about that about that match. I
0: don't mm. know. Okay. No, that's fair. That's totally fair.
1: Yeah. My only other comment on Guadalajara, uh, which I think I texted to you, uh, was about the lighting feeling like it's our East York <laughs> Tennis Club.
0: Why does it feel like there's like 75,000 moths <laughs> on the on the lights? Like why is it dim in some parts and super well lit in others? It's just yeah. not
1: correct. P- for people who are listening to this Wednesday morning, let us know if you felt the same way when you watched the night sessions cuz it just felt a bit well lit on some sections. I think where the camera is hmm. behind the the player closest to the the shot felt yeah. a bit better lit than the other side of the court for some reason,
0: yeah. I mean who can who can play in blind spots and dark spots like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, Just... ask any member who plays at night at East York tennis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They'll be able to tell you not to mention all of the dead cicadas in the court,
1: yeah dust those
0: away okay do you have a pick Uh, the pick is still okay i'm not gonna lie i did think for a second that i would pick mugu i was like maybe this is just the universe's way of saying to me (laughs) well she's gonna win uh no i'm gonna still stick with my guns and choose the estonian player gotcha what about you the matchups will be good either way. I think,
1: you know, where we've landed is, is probably where it should have been. And it makes the most sense. Yes. Um, you know, player that shall not be named against Arena and Zachary. Zachary is a tough MF-er, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Bedosa versus Mugu. Yeah. But looked tired in that match against Iga today. So I'm a little bit concerned about her ability to make it through. What did I tell you? Yeah. So I kind of believe that it might be uh, Mugo and the player that shall not be named having a rematch.
0: Yeah. And I can't imagine a better final, to be honest. I think that would be
1: right. That would
0: be good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, we'll (laughs) find out on Wednesday when this episode comes out the end of the day. <laughs> okay. So over to the men. Yeah. yeah. Um, first. We should talk a little bit, I guess about Stockholm. Mm,
0: you know, absolutely. We should talk about Stockholm. So
1: I started to get into this towards the end. Unfortunately, I didn't see um, any of Andy Murray's matches sadly, mm. but he made the quarterfinal and he was, he beat, the number one seed yannick sinner yeah and uh at the end of his run he got defeated by the eventual champion Mm -hmm. and uh when he left the tournament he said hopefully all of the questions about my ability to be top players is are are done
0: what do you think about that comment i mean he I
1: appreciate the fact that he is continuing to play. He's obviously a legend. Tommy Paul acknowledged him as such in in getting to play. And I think everybody who gets to play him and beats him is going to say that. (laughs) But uh, I just appreciate his workhorse nature and his his desire to sort of get back into the upper echelons of the sport. Mm -hmm. And he's playing really well. Even that match against Alcaraz in... Indian Wells, I think mm. where he won, and the one the rematch in Vienna where he lost. Um, both of those matches were excellent, and yeah, I think to to beat a player like Yannick, who's in form, just tells you his commitment and uh, his desire to get back towards the top of the game. So I'm I'm enjoying seeing him sort of work to get there. W e r q. Yeah.
0: I feel every sentiment that you just expressed the only hurdle. I wouldn't say the only hurdle, but the main or hurdle that Andy has to overcome is not that he can defeat top level players. I mean, he's demonstrated that over the summer stretch and over the fall stretch, you know, obviously with having just defeated sinner, the problem is, is that he hasn't been able to string two match wins together. I think over the past year, year and a half. So can he come into a draw and upset a top seed? Absolutely. But does he have the gas to complete five matches? Does he have the gas to complete seven matches in a slam? That is the big question mark that will be answered in 2022. I certainly believe that Andy can, but I mean, in his journey back to top form you know again you and i have discussed this on the pod before being an older aging in tennis means that you have to kind of evolve your game to match what is going to get you titles and slams and right now he can't afford, in my opinion, as he gets older, to engage in these long rallies with people like Alcaraz and Sinner. He's just gonna lose steam and he might come out with the victory at the end of the day. But does he have enough gas to do that against like upset Sinner and then face CC Pass and then face Zverev and this and then face Djokovic in the final? I'm not so sure. So he's mm-hmm. gotta really economize his game and learn how to be more aggressive and finish points earlier which i think he's doing and practicing really well this year.
1: Mhm. Yeah, he is a player who tends to like to get into long rallies and construct points but you know at his age and with his artificial hip he needs to figure out how to end points a bit sooner. Yeah. Um i mean he's had a couple tournaments where he's won two matches and lost the third. Yes. Um but yeah, your point is well taken in terms of consistent matches and you know these 500 tournaments and these 1000 tournaments especially at his ranking if they're a week long he's playing five or six matches to make it to the semifinal and final stages and that is going to be tough go against these top players when you have you know 19 to 25 year olds at the top of the sport at the moment and you're 34 with a artificial hip
0: yeah i mean but if there's anyone that can do it if there's anyone that has enough has demonstrated the dedication to his fitness and to getting back up there. It's Andy, for sure. Andy gives me Andre Agassi vibes. Remember when um, Andre Agassi came back? He like took out the hair plugs, stopped wearing the acid-washed denim shorts. You know, stopped eating pizza before his finals matches. Like, just completely relied on his raw talent. And he came back. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna hire Brad Gilbert. I'm gonna um, hire. Shave Gil- my head. Shave my head. I'm going to take those hair plugs out. I'm going to hire Gil Reyes and train. I hope everyone read um, Andre Agassi's autobiography open. It is one of the most outstanding piece, uh, autobiographies ever written, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, running and training in the Nevada desert, running backwards up Nevada, the Nevada hills. I mean, he gives me Andre Agassi vibes, and I think this could be a re- re- real renaissance for... Um, Andy in 2022. He's got it. He can do it.
1: Yeah. We have to talk about the winner. Oh yeah. To- Tommy Paul <laughs> winning his first ATP
0: title. Are we going to also talk about the photo of him circulating, looking out the, um, you know, the giant bay window with his um, tattoo <laughs> on his hip on Facebook.
1: <laughs> yeah. I saw that posted on finals day. Yeah. Obviously he's very attractive okay <laughs> you don't you don't believe so
0: no 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 listen I'm he he's he could have it <laughs> perfect.
1: <laughs> I think we have our answer uh, but it's nice to see him playing well and sort yes. of consistent and now he's emerging amongst a pool of other American players. I think we talked about it halfway through the season it's like where are all these American men? yeah and now you know we Earlier in the season, sort of around Miami time, we were talking about Sebastian Corda. And, yes. you know, he's sort of tapered off a little bit in terms of being on the tip of our tongues. And we're talking more now about Opalka and Tiafo. And now, Tom yes, Paul.
0: yeah. I mean, to your point, the American men have really stepped up their game in this fall season, particularly Tiafo. Apelka, I think, has kind of cooled off a little bit. More on him later in this episode. Wink, wink, Venus Williams. We know about it, okay? <laughs> um, Brandon Nakashima, I'm sure we're going to talk about because we're going to cover the next-gen finals very shortly. But yeah, clap, clap to the American men. I mean, we watched Tommy Fa- Tommy fall Tommy Paul at the NBO, and we're really impressed with his game. Um, do I feel a ways about him beating Dennis Chapo? <laughs> uh, okay yeah maybe a bit but he is the deserved winner it's unfortunate that two canadians had to meet in the semifinals pretty shocked to be, tbh that uh, felix would fall to dennis i mean in my opinion felix is the more talented player um is talented the right word i think T- I think felix has the more more complete game Dennis has the more kind of flashy shots, but Felix to me has more longevity in the game and potentially could have more success. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where it stands in their kind of head-to-head rivalry, but I was pretty surprised that Felix lost that one.
1: Yeah, I I'm not as surprised cuz I think we talked about this earlier in the year. You know, we especially when we were talking about Dennis's ability to get up and get excited for certain matchups like yeah. he was lose he would lose in early rounds against players that he should easily beat but when mm. it comes to playing top players he's able to yeah. rise to the occasion so i think he came into that match with felix pretty pumped up particularly in that first set like he was really pumped and excited um so i wasn't surprised actually that he played well Mm. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he sort of faltered in that final but Mm. yeah it's it does suck that those guys are gonna compete but it's also nice that a rivalry is um, going to emerge from these two Canadians so
0: yeah I mean nothing to scoff at a Canadian in the final um, but Tuami Tommy Paul ends up holding the trophy at the end of the day in Stockholm. Yeah. That trophy is massive. I had, I don't remember what it looks
1: like. I watched the match. I watched the final. And um, he had to take it off this sort of pedestal to lift it and hold it and take a photo. It's massive. And weirdly, uh, the finalist, Chapo... Mm. Didn't get a trophy. He just got a bouquet of flowers.
0: Hold on. Why are there pictures of um, Dennis holding? Because ah, he won it. He, two won, years ago. he won it yeah. two years
1: ago. Yeah. So he was the defending champion, and he was in the final again.
0: I mean, it looks like a club championship. Like it looks like a like what um, East York Tennis Club would give to the singles winner of the B division every year. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's nice. It's decent. I mean, the I felt like the
1: the arena where the the event was happening was like a an old legion or something. It was called the Kings Club, I think, or something. Okay. It just looks like an old hall. Obviously, I think it has a lot of history, um, from what I was hearing from the commentary. But a very cool kind of tennis stadium. There's like six six or seven rows of seating behind the players and then you know maybe 12 or 14 on either
0: side so it's a very small compact probably fits like 1200 people or something gotcha yeah and tommy does look really cute in his kit i know that was a kind of a point of contention for a lot of our ig followers like it was very split on whether people love the hot pink new balance kit but i think he looks great he just needs a bit of a haircut yeah like Agreed. cut cut the hair babe <laughs>
1: uh sticking with our canadians a couple things uh to say about them so atp memes did a post about felix so Mm. felix has uh reached the top 10 for the first time in his career with his results here in stockholm right uh so they created a little meme uh Mm -hmm. called the the to-do list for FAA. (laughs) Okay. Um, And they've crossed off number one on the list, which is reach the top 10 without winning an ATP title. (laughs) Number two, which hasn't Uh... been crossed out yet, is break into the top five without winning an ATP title. (laughs) And number three on the list is become world number one without an ATP title. Is that possible? I don't, I I mean, don't I... think so. <laughs> you want to, yeah.
0: I mean, unless you reach every possible final. and it, I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but, like, who would want to do that? Yeah. It's kind of like Marcelo Rios. Like, Marcelo Rios ended up being number one during his time, but, like, didn't win any Grand Slams. And no one really remembers him. Yeah. You know, like, you want to win some titles. Come on now. Agreed. Yeah. So congrats to
1: Felix. I think he'll get there. Obviously, he's going to win some tournaments. Um, Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about uh, FAA and Dennis, and we can harken back to our um, little bit that we did (laughs) during the Olympics. Uh, I would like to read a couple of statements from Felix and Dennis And uh, I didn't say or didn't share this with you, but I'm just going to read them and you can let me know what you think this is about. Sure. So uh, this is from Tennis Canada who posted this. So uh, Felix says, it is always with great pride that I represent my country and therefore it is not a decision that I have taken lightly. The team has all of my support and I wish them the best in Madrid. Dennis says, "I've always—it's always a pleasure and an honor for me to represent my country in the Davis Cup, but oh. I need some rest in oh. the off season." There you go. So our two, sort of top Canadian men players, got off the court, hung out in Stockholm. I don't know what the alcohol is that you drank in Stockholm, or in Sweden, but <laughs> it's beer for sure. They're like, you know, I think Dennis probably said, you know, Felix, man, I don't know if I'm going to go to the Davis Cup, and and FAA said, well, if you're not going, I'm not going either, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have uh, Felix or Dennis playing the Davis Cup. Who do we have then, Milos? I, I mean, where, where is Milos? I don't. I think he's still injured. Braden Schnur.
0: Schnurr and maybe P- Pospi. Pospi? What about the guy from Niagara? What's his name? He beat um, Kupfer in the qualifying round at NBL. Oh gosh, what's his name? He wears those cool glasses.
1: Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Oh I can't remember his name at the moment. Yikes. Don't hate us uh, t- t- I'm Can- mean, a Canadian, Canadian tennis followers. <laughs> anyway, we, we hope... They do well. Obviously, in 2019, we made the final. So it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that we're not going to be um, bringing our top players Plansky. to the Davis Cup. Polanski. Polanski. Yeah. There you
0: go. Steven Diaz. Did you say that? I did not. Ah, oh, I think he'll be there. Vasek. Vasek Schnur. Daniel. Is Daniel Nestor still playing doubles? No. He's retired. He's really? Like a, a fish retired, yeah. He's like ninety-seven. <laughs> I mean, not really, but I know Amaz- he's. But he's amazing. No. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we'll see who uh, is announced as as competing with Tennis Canada. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next Gen Finals. Did you watch any of it <laughs> at all?
0: Can I just say for the record, I was really confused because. <laughs> How I needed to do a little bit of research on how they selected who was going to be take part in the next gen finals. So, you know, what I learned was similar to the finals in Turin and the finals in Guadalajara. There's something called like race to Milan. Okay. correct. Yeah. So there's a race to Milan. You this year, you had to have been born no later than 2000. Correct. Right. So you had to be under 21 years of age Baez and Serrondolo. <laughs> I mean, the, respectively, they're ranked, I think, in just inside the top 100 and just outside the top 100. So it's not like they're no one and ranked so far down in the rankings. Um, Baez, I, I had to catch a little bit of the highlights of his matches. He ended up making the semifinal against Alcaraz, I believe. And um, he was really entertaining to watch. I mean, if I, was in, if I was in his position, I would say, listen, you know, obviously on the main tour, I didn't have a lot of success. I had enough success with my age to qualify for this tournament. I'm just going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be fancy. And I think that that's <laughs> what his entire vibe was, you know? So really cool for him. Mm, Sarandolo I don't know her so maybe you can illuminate who he is for me and the viewers
1: nope got nothing for you
0: got nothing for me (laughs) I mean it just makes sense to me that Alcaraz and Corda were the ones to make the final you know ex most recent ex-boyfriend Musetti kind of has had a sloping uh, season uh, since his French Open kind of kind of debut this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I mean, it just, I'm the one thing that I will say about the next gen final is that Carlos Alcaraz. Yes, he is next gen, but our post on IG reflects the fact that he is a now gen. He has beat top players this year. He's only 18 years old. All of you bitches that came for us when I posted on IG that he is the future of clay of, you know, the one to kind of, uh, take over the throne of the clay court specialist from Rafa, like, oh my God, he needs a little bit more time. Well, you gave him four or five months, and now he's doing it. So mm-hmm. good for Carlos, really happy happy for him, and uh, nothing to be ashamed of if you're Sebi Korda. I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a big bright future ahead for both of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't have much to add um, about the next-gen finals. I appreciate how... The players get into it, even though the format's a little bit different, and you know they've probably played many other matches and many other top players throughout the year. It's sort of a nice showcase of the new younger uh, generation. For mm-hmm. me, still the most exciting player is Hugo Gaston. <laughs> yes, of course. Not just because he's a cutie with the booty. I just love his style, his finesse, the flair yes. that he brings to the court you know who has a chip forehand or a slice forehand shot Hugo yeah. Gaston does
0: Yeah you know Hugo Gaston gives me um oh gosh what is that uh, French player that was double head Fabrice Santoro mm. He gives me totally Fabrice Santoro the magician and like he's kind of like the 2021 version of Fabrice so I think you're absolutely right on that
1: Yeah you said you wanted to share um or say something about Brandon Nakashima.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brandon Nakashima is this quiet, unassuming American player. I think he gets lost in the shuffle when we talk about people like Tommy Paul, Opelka, um, Mac- Mackie McDonald, um, Tiafo. But Brandon Nakashima gives me, and honestly, not for the obvious um uh, for the obvious kind of comparison with michael chang but nakashima is like workhorse run everything down intelligent tennis player and he is kind of anti Chapo in that like he doesn't overhit he knows how to play the court he knows how to construct the point and um he's not i think moving forward in his career not going to be one of these guys that's going to lose to a player that's um, not as good at him as as him because he's going to be super consistent. So I am putting Brandon Nakashima on my radar as Americans. No, I'm not even gonna say that as tennis players to watch for 2022. I really like that guy.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, if you think about who was in the Next Gen Finals the last time it was, um, it took place, which was two years ago. Mm. Yannick Sinner was the winner. Yeah. And uh, one other guy is now competing in the ATP Tour Finals, mm-hmm. would be Casper Ruud. Mm-hmm. So he is the guy amongst that group, um, which also included Baby Hitler and Mustache, <laughs> uh,
0: and Tiafo,
1: and a few other players. Casper is the guy who has sort of broken through now into the top 10 and is competing in, in the ATP Finals.
0: Yeah, I think a, a fair point. I think that, yeah, I mean, I would say that of all the players competing at Turin this year, Brandon will likely have the closest trajectory to Casper. You know, this time next year, we'll be like, oh, Brandon Ekashima, how many more 250-level tournaments can you win this year? 12? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, agreed. I think that, like... Yeah, it's actually really interesting to see kind of the progression of the players. I do believe that, you know, when, um, not Rune, when uh, Rude goes home after losing in the ATP finals, he's going to say to himself, what is it going to take to take me to the next level? Mm-hmm. And he's going to be working on that in the off season.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and, you know, you said Rune's name. I saw that you <laughs> you messaged him and said, when are you coming on the show?
0: Yeah. Come and on, he, babe.
1: Did he heart that message?
0: He, no. He sees all of our messages. He's still in his, um, you know, tennis career infancy. And we want to catch him when he's young, babe. Like <laughs> robbing the baby from the cradle. <laughs> 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 can, I do, can I just one, say, say one thing? Oh, my gosh. What is his name? Van, Van de Zanschulp? Yeah. Van de Zanschulp? We commented on his IG because um, he, you know, players are right now wrapping up their season and a lot of them are posting these like end of year, like, oh my God, thank you so much. 2021 has been such a blessing, so many um, achievements and milestones, like, yay, yay, yay. <laughs> and uh, we commented on his post, um, get it, girl, G U R L, and he fucking liked it. So, <laughs> bitch, get on our show. Come on now. <laughs> We
1: could get Rune and Van Vandesanschlup. Vandesanschlup, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's do a twofer.
0: <laughs> Please.
1: Uh, okay, ATP finals. We've got, yeah. I don't know, a few more minutes before we go over an hour. <laughs> 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 um, it has started. It is day two. I texted you and said, oh, mother F, it's already started. And I had no idea. So I missed Mehdi's first win, which was a tough three-setter. Mhm. Couldn't he, he beat? He beat Hurkacz.
0: Right, 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 right. Lost so group, the first set.
1: Yeah, so group red. I think they're red and green. Typically they I thought they would they picked legendary former retired ATP players, but they just chose I think red and green to go with maybe the <laughs> Italian flag or something.
0: Real innovative.
1: <laughs> so we have her catch and uh Zverev and formerly Berrettini, oh. which we'll talk about in a second. And, I cry. Yeah, I, I cry a little bit. Um, and uh, Djokovic, uh, um, Casper, Rublev, Seitzi, mm. in the other green, in the green group. Gotcha. So I have watched three matches because I did not watch Medei's match. Mm. But I, I think we talked about this last week. The players who I think have the best chance are obviously the finalists in Paris. Mm-hmm. And the guy who lost 2-2 two and two to Mehdi in Paris, which was Zverev. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not really sure who else has a chance. Although Rublev played really well today against Siti.
0: Yeah, I mean... Thank you, No Medicine for Melancholy, or No Melancholy for Medicine, one of our uh, engaged and uh, consistent individuals that drop into our DMs every day. He used the word catapult instead of upset, um, and this certainly was not an upset, but I actually liked what the ATP tennis commentators called it. It was, um, what did they call it? They said it was a, a statement win. A statement went from Rublev. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, CC Pass is obviously the higher seed, but um, Rublev came to say, like, you, if you ever thought, if you thought you were going to make a comeback at this tournament, I'm going to tell you that it is not happening. <laughs> so good on Rublev for demonstrating that. Um, but I, I mean, like, I, I had this conversation with Ryan last night coming back from tennis. It is really devastating when you think about Mateo's situation because. When else would Mateo possibly have the chance to qualify for a tour final in his home country? He perhaps thought it was his best shot to be in front of a home crowd and kind of to hype him up to a possible finals win. And um, it was just so devastating for him and really heartbreaking to see his reaction in the uh, post-match press conference.
1: Mm Mm-hmm yeah his reaction on court was equally devastating like it was it was kind of like the Hallep moment mm. in Rome when she like tore her calf like mm. it didn't look like anything had happened, and then suddenly. After a point um, that he won, he's sort of walking back to the service line, stretching out his ab, like raising his arm over his head to stretch out his ab. And then he served and, you know, followed up with a, a forehand and, and hit the net. And he yeah. started to cr- to oh, cry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it just goes to show how much he really wanted to play well in his home country. It's mm-hmm. That is very emotional. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and sad.
1: it was, what sucked about it was it was actually a good match. I didn't really have much in the way of expectations about the match, but he was playing really well. Zverev was playing a little bit better, which was why he won the first set and mm-hmm. was looking forward to a good match and maybe one that would go three sets, but it ended in the second game.
0: Yeah. Do you think Zverev is going to... Do you think Zverev is... I know you, you included him as, you know the top three players to really look out for in these finals. But I do agree with you. I think that Medvedev and Djokovic have an edge. But um, what do you really think about Zverev's chances? Is he the third best shot, do you think?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say between him and Medvedev who is mm. is number two. I mm. think uh, I didn't see Medvedev's match, but it sounded like he was a bit um off at points during that match and Zverev um even though it was a tight match they were both playing really well and Zverev has really I think buttoned down certain elements of his game especially his ground strokes are very tidy yes people like FAA and Dennis really need to watch (laughs) his his play amen you know, particularly backhand to backhand. Yes. You need to watch uh watch what Zverev does. Okay, and- calm
0: down, Cliffs Drysdale. <laughs> okay, okay, sir. Okay, <laughs> sir. <laughs>
1: and um there's no there's no more talk of hiccups on his second serve really.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Cliffy's here you. for it. <laughs> look at you getting for his job. <laughs> I'm trying
1: to get us a job, sweetie. Yeah. Babe. Both of us.
0: I know. I know.
1: <laughs> but I, th- so now that Ber- Berrettini had to retire, I believe yeah. Sinner is the backup. So at least he'll get an Italian in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want an Italian in there? <laughs> We're yeah, still talking yeah. about tennis. <laughs> Remember when I said that Yannick Sinner was Australian? You said he was Australian. Yeah. <laughs> what a dummy I was. <laughs> um You know what? I'm not sure how it works with an alternate. Whether he um, absorbs the loss, like does his record now say zero and one? Does I believe it? so. Yeah, it does. Okay, so he's there for shits and giggles. You know what I mean? Like, if he
1: wins the two matches, he could advance. He would have to win both, though. Okay, sure. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one year when uh, it was supposed to be, I think, a Djokovic-Nadal or maybe Djokovic-Roger final. And Roger had to pull out of the final. And David Ferrer was like the backup. <laughs> and they played, an, they played an eight-game pro set or something. Ew. And Djokovic beat him 8-3.
0: <laughs> just to appease the the sponsors. That would be
1: the worst to have had tickets to the uh, final and having the player withdraw. That would be the worst. That's kind of like the Rogers Cup when Serena had to retire after four games.
0: Yeah, I mean imagine like you and I are potentially going to spend all of this, you know, money visiting tournaments and that's fine. That's yeah. what happens sometimes, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't people get
1: injured like Berrettini did, and there's nothing you can do about it, unfortunately. He would
0: have probably
1: been worse off if he continued to try to play, and he would have been trounced by Zverev, who's, like, top form. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the tennis season is almost done. It's cray-cray.
0: I don't feel so bad going one minute and... one hour and 25,000 minutes, (laughs) to be honest. Can I say one thing? Yeah. The premier... Happened this weekend in LA for the new, what would you call it? Like a biopic. Yeah, of, kind of a. But yeah, yeah, I think that's what you would call it. Yeah, right, a biopic of um, Richard Williams, Venus and Serena Williams's father, uh, called K- uh, King Williams. King Richard. King Richard, sorry, King Richard.
1: Sort of a play on Shakespeare, I guess.
0: Yeah, and um, I had to say, I have to say, before starting this episode just jared which is an instagram account that kind of follows celebrity gossip on ig posted pictures of the williams sisters at the premiere both of them always look impeccable they are with it when it comes to fashion but bitch let me tell you if you did not have respect for venus williams before this premiere you need to see those photos of her (laughs) number one she brought back the beads 1997 The beads that were all the clamor when she made that first U.S. Open final against Martina Hingis beat Irina Spirlea in the semifinal, that very controversial bump on the crossover. Bitch, y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Venus Williams is a fucking queen, okay? So y'all best bow down because she is everything. She looked incredible. Her tennis may not be up to par, but her fashion and and her presence is. And just on the rumor mill, you know, you and I have spoken a little bit about the rumor regarding Riley Opelka possibly dating Venus. Riley posted on his Instagram a picture of him and Venus at the premiere. Clearly he was invited. Okay. (laughs) And um, Venus reposted that picture that Riley posted. And uh, she said, serve bot in attendance. And, uh, you know, just because I have my eye on what all the other players are saying, John Isner commented below, he's like, wow, interesting, this might be like a first time that a serve bot has attended a premiere. So <laughs> I love that love team. Um, I'm a little sad that Riley's not free and single for me because mm-hmm. I wanted Jill Sanders' shopping spree. <laughs> but um, I'm here for it.
1: Would you be into all the art gallery
0: visits? Yeah, I like a good, yeah, I like a good, I'm cultured like that. I mean, I don't know very much about art, but like, I do appreciate a good painting. Yeah, I feel like
1: he would want to go to more than one in one day. Like he'd have a checklist, like he'd have the four that he's planning to visit in the city that you're visiting in, like all in one day. Like we got to go to this, we got to see this exhibit, we got to go to that museum, we got to go to this sort of cultural exhibition. You got You would have to be with that. Are you into
0: it? I mean, four in a day is too much. Like, it depends on how extensive the the exhibit is. If it's an evening exhibit of a new artist and, like, there's a champagne... And uh, like a foie gras situation and like a (laughs) caviar situation. I'm down for that. But if it's like, I got to show my student ID from U of T from 2004 to get like a discount to get into the museum. Like I'm not into that. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You want to be like wined and dined at these exhibition openings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think Riley would be invited to those.
0: Avi. Let's buy a tote. I want to buy a tote for you and me from that art gallery, the pink tote. Okay. Or should we just buy our own tote? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe we should make a tote part of our merch. Yes. Cap-
0: capsule. I like it. Yeah. It's not too late. <laughs> yeah, coming soon wink wink. Coming soon, look out for it. The the tr- the trailer or the video promo is going to be hot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we've spared no expense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're, we're serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Speaking of serious, we're <laughs> winding down this episode and the season. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, we'll do it next week, I guess.
0: <laughs> what, what, okay, so realistically, we've got next week. And then do we have a week after? Because next week, will we have a champion?
1: We will have a champion. For the... Th- on Sunday.
0: Oh my God, wait. So next week is our season season finale? Well, we might do one more. Yeah, we'll let's, talk, do, let's... We'll do, talk it. about it. We should yeah. probably do one more. We're, we t- f-
1: we're, we're discussing this live on, on the <laughs> podcast, but yeah, we'll probably do one more after that. Okay. Agreed.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, well, you've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week and then the week after.
0: <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>
1: we're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is but if you like what we're serving up please give us a five-star review and like share and subscribe and like such as
0: wait one more thing don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and tiktok at ready play tennis podcast